Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me, guys, of course, on Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instagrams, none of that. Twitter only, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And welcome to the Friday episode of Locked On Marlins as we sit here just about to kick off a real nice a real nice series, I think, with the Brew Crew. And as usual, I have got some UK friends in the house I have Mark from the Brew Crew UK in the house. Mark, how are we doing? I'm very well, mate. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a privilege to be here, really. I'm a bit gobsmacked, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I'm sure you, you're going to enjoy this episode, no doubt. I mean, the Brew Crew is sitting at 20 and 12. It has been a hot start for the Brewers. We, coincidentally, are just coming off the back of a Christian Yelich cycle. Uh, we're going to talk about Yelich, of course. We, we always have to. Um, so plenty for us to get into, no doubt. Um, but as, the, as we sit here right now, the Marlins sitting at 14 and 17. It's been a rough old road trip. They've had the day off yesterday. Pablito going today against Corbin Burns. Mark, that is... Let, let's kind of dive straight into the matchups. I also want to then get into who's hot, who's not in this Brewers um, team more generally. But listen, as we look ahead to tonight's game, Pablo Lopez, Corbin Burns, I mean, as things stand, two Cy Young candidates going head-to-head in this one should be a real nice matchup. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, it's a pitching matchup, this one, isn't it? I wouldn't expect it to be a high-scoring game. No. Um, but, you know, um, who knows? Our defence is a bit leaky at the moment, so it could, <laughs> could be a, a bit of a change. But, yeah, um, yeah, Corbin Burns is, is looking fairly good. You know, he's, he's a 1.86 ERA so far out of his six starts. Um, his 50 strikeouts from 38 innings pitched. So, you know, it's going to be a solid, solid, solid pitching matchup. Yeah, um, yeah it's just whether, you know, Corbin Burns this year is is the one that's suffering with the no run support. So his record is oh. uh, one and two. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I would expect this one to be a close one. Absolutely, no doubt. Uh, Corbin Burns is getting the Sandy Alcantara treatment then, where uh, sub, you know, I mean, sub two ERA for Burns right now, but a losing record. It feels very much like Sandy Alcantara last year. Just had no run support at all. Uh, we're just coming off the back of a Sandy start, and well, he had three runs of support, which well was maybe a over average or above average for Sandy. Didn't end up getting the win as the Marlins uh, gave up a, a bomb to tie the game in the eighth, and then they piled in with eight runs in the ninth inning to take that that game against the Diamondbacks. Hopefully that puts a spring in the step for the Marlins offense. Let's flick over to the, the Brew Crew offense. I, I'm just intrigued to know, you know, it's you know, we're just over 30 games in. You guys are looking real nice. From an offensive side, Who's who's been the standout so far? When you're leaning on the bats, who's been the real kind of go-to guys right now? Um, the... the... Best one for us really has been uh, Rowdy Telez. He's <laughs> been a surprise. So Rowdy. originally, before the season started, our corners were the, the weak link. But um, Rowdy um, was um, he was a platoon with uh, Daniel Vogelback last year at first mm. base, um, and they chose Rowdy over Dan um, for this year, and they've gone purely with Telez, and he's been our main guy. Um, Chipped in with uh, eight home runs, uh, 27 RBIs. Um, he actually broke the franchise record uh, last week with two home runs, including a grand slam, bringing in eight RBIs in one game. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely making a name for himself. So, yeah, he's he's probably the, the hot bat to keep an eye on at the moment. Absolutely. Rowdy Telez, he's been one of my fantasy darlings for a couple of years. So I, I've been tracking him too. Last year, uh, he was not... 
you know, he, he bounced around a bit, I guess. And, you know, and like you said, he was in a platoon with big Dan Vogelback. And uh, it didn't quite click for him. But I came into this year, I was really high on Telez, And I'm not shocked um, to see him scorching. Like you said, he's had some big, big games. Eight RBIs in a single game. Was that against Was that against the Reds in a series against the Reds? Or was it someone else? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, on the uh, 4th of May. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was fairly recent. So Telez um, is scorching. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, other than that, I mean, Willie Adamas is is another one. You know, we we expect big things from him. He's he's also um, hit eight uh, um, eight home runs, um, and obviously Renfro as well has also chipped in with eight home runs this year. Um, most of his seem to be uh, single <laughs> single run home runs, but you know, um, so we've got three guys there that have scored quite a few and actually Christian Yelich is our fourth highest um, home run hitter with uh, five which is good to see considering the last couple of years he's, he's had a bit of a struggle so uh, we look like we've, we've got our Yelich back yeah let me let's talk about Christian Yelich and it's the perfect segue uh, you know just in terms of what you're seeing this year is it vintage Yelich and equally is the DH helping him are they starting to kind of get him off his feet a little bit more in the outfield and playing some DH or is he still mainly man in the outfield no, I think he's mainly man in the outfield. To be honest, I haven't yeah. really paid much attention to whether he's been a DH or not. But um, yeah, he's he's been hitting the ball well. Um, everything that, that's been coming out of Milwaukee has been saying that he's he's hitting the ball hard. He's getting good contacts. They're just not falling for him, if if you're right, if you like. But um, yeah, he's he's started to get on his on his feet again. And obviously, uh, in the last game against the Reds, he hit for a cycle. So yeah. which is quite an achievement, as we all know. So yeah, yeah, it looks like he's he's coming back to 2018-2019 Yelich. Yeah, absolutely. I did see the triple uh, specifically of, of that cycle, uh, which I think was the final leg of the cycle, which yeah. of, often it, it is, it feels like. And I must say, he turned on the gas rounding first base. I've never seen Yelich going so quick. I mean, he was absolutely putting the gas down and he cruised into third base. And um, yeah. what I realized, three cycles for Yelich in his career. Yep. Three cycles against the Reds, I believe. What? Yeah, exactly. What's going on? And two, two of them at, um, at Great American Ballpark as well. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a unique stat. So I think he's the only person to have ever scored three cycles against one team. Yeah. And, and joins only four others, I think, that have scored three cycles in their career. So, you know, the fact that he's still got however many more years to go, you know, there's there's a chance that he could be taking that number one spot on his own. So, um, you know, I, the thing with the cycle is it's, it's a great stat, but generally you would look at that and think that triples are usually scored on somebody doing something wrong in the field. Um, but last night was actually an exception because he absolutely blasted it yeah. straight into the corner. And, and from the moment that ball went towards that corner in the right field, you just knew he was going for that triple. And the fact he didn't even have to slide in was you yeah. know, it was a stand-up triple. It was just phenomenal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see. Uh, unfortunately, it was a, a loss. You know, we, we ended up losing 14-11. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like you said, he, he really turned the gas on, stand-up triple uh, to complete the cycle. So really nice. Uh, how? What's the outlook, do you think, for Yelich? You know, with you know, good couple of years on this contract left to go, how were the Brewers feeling about him, the contract more generally? Um, I guess not just right now, but as you kind of look ahead for a couple of years. Um, I think they're fairly happy, um, to be honest. He's... The last couple of years, he was the big man, and I think that was the problem. He came off a, you know, the the kneecap injury. Everybody expected him to come out of 2019 into 2020 and and be Christian Yelich, you know, MVP Christian Yelich. But um, it was a very different year, the COVID year. You know, no fans in the stands. Um, 
shortened season, didn't really get time to get going. And I think the pressure of him being the main man, um, obviously with Ryan Braun um, retiring um, and him kind of being the face of the franchise, I think that got to him a little bit. So I think that that kind of turned around a little bit last year when uh, we we made the big trade just before the trade deadline for uh, Willie Adamas. Uh, where we sent a couple of uh, pitchers over to Tampa Bay and got Adamas in, in return. Mm. And I think sort of with him and Colton Wong um, kind of helping in in that middle infield uh, with their bats as well, and, and obviously Omar Navarez kind of chipping in with quite a few as well. Um, I think he the pressure was taken off him a little bit and, and we weren't so reliant on him. So I think he's been able to work on that. Um, and he's come back into this year, obviously, with with no pressure whatsoever. Mm. Um, and, and he's just enjoying his baseball again. Yeah, I guess it, it looks like he is. It looks like Yelich is back. I mean, you're sitting here now, 838 OPS, you know, looking good, looking nice, just off the back of a yeah. cycle. So really interesting. Final point on Yelich, um, who won that trade? <laughs> well, obviously, um, obviously, I'm going to say the Brewers, but uh, you know, I mean, you got four good players for him, so um, but, yeah, you know, it, yeah, obviously, it's going to be the Brewers who have won that trade, but you know, that's that's been our thing for the last four years now, hasn't it? <laughs> it has, it absolutely has. Do you recall, just on that specifically, do you recall your feelings at the time the trade was made? Did you think, oh, we've given a lot, or we've, you know, we've got a steal? Do you remember from a Brewers perspective how you felt about it at that time? Um, from a Brewers perspective, it was a bit we were we were quite shocked to be honest because you know we we don't do big trades generally. Um, we're a small market team. We we have to play within our means. So it was quite a lot to give up for for one player. But then we didn't just get one player. We ended up getting uh, Lorenzo Kane at the same time as well on a five year contract. Another big money deal. So. It was just excitement at the Brewers, to be honest. I mean, yeah, okay, we'd given up four, you know, four prospects, but yeah. we had two absolutely outstanding players in our team. And and actually, you know, if you look at that from 2018 onwards, we've not really looked back since we've got those two in the team. So, you know, it 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 was a brilliant trade for us, really. Um, no doubt. You know. No doubt, it will go down probably in the history of Major League Baseball as one of the best trades because the reality is. The Marlins, all of the guys involved in that trade from a fish perspective, now gone. They're now out of here. East Sand's gone. Monte's gone. Brince has gone. Um, and uh, Yamamoto, long gone. So, you know, highly touted prospects at the time didn't work out. That's the way it goes. The Brewers made the right move at the right time with the right prospects, and they have not looked back ever since. It's really interesting to see how that plays out because at this moment in time, the Marlins, I think, are still looking for that one impact elite dude. And I'm really intrigued to see if, when they pull the trigger on that. Um, we'll wait and see on that. Um, reminder, though, guys, uh, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And you're going to like this one. It's birthday cake puffs time. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs, and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise they'll be there tomorrow, so go get them today at built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you on a little secret, because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yep, you heard me right. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar. This limited flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get a flavor and variety in your day. So if you're liking what you're hearing, 
get yourself over to built.com to get those birthday cake puffs now. Use your promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. Whew. Mark, how are those uh, birthday cake puffs sounding? Uh, actually sounds awesome. <laughs> Where do I get them? Where do I get them? <laughs> <laughs> really does. Really does. All right, cool. Well, listen, let, let's flick on to some of the guys maybe that have, have, maybe haven't come out of the gates quite as hot as maybe you'd liked or anticipated. Who's kind of slumping a bit right now that maybe would look to try to turn it around in this Marlin series? Um, I think uh, Andrew McCutcheon's gone a bit quiet recently. You know, he had quite a, a, an initiation. He, he came out of the blocks very quickly, um, played against the Pirates quite a lot early on, and obviously made his name at the Pirates. So yeah, scored yeah. a few home runs. I, I believe he scored a home run off his first pitch at the, <laughs> the first game of the series in Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, we were kind of like getting excited about him. So he seems to have gone a bit quiet recently. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, um, the main I think the main problem with with the Brewers at the moment is that the middle relievers in the bullpen, and you know we're renowned for our, our big bullpens. Um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we've got Devin Williams and Josh Hader, who uh, you know almost the best of the best. Um, but we get a problem if um, our starters can't go more than five six innings. So okay. if you can get our starters early. Um, that middle innings of sort of the fourth, fifth, sixth inning, um, you know, we we really struggling at the moment. Um, Brent Suter does an awful lot of that work, but, um, you know, he kind of hasn't been as prolific as, as he has been before. Um, we've got um, Brad Boxberger and Trevor Gott, who are, are fairly good sort of seventh inning guys, but if they come in earlier, then we're, we're struggling to get mm. to sort of Devon and, and Josh to keep the lead. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of that middle innings, kind of people um if we, if our starters aren't aren't quite on fire um and yeah there's there's a few bats that haven't been quite as prolific as we would like um Omar Navias was was quite a good hitter for us last year um and and he has had a fairly quiet start um and uh, Colton Wong as well has also been a fairly quiet start mm-hmm. um and we've also had um Luis Urias who's um our third baseman he's he came off an injury in spring training he would have been our third base starter we had uh, Mike Brosso in to to cover him um but he's only had 29 at bats at the moment he's looking pretty good he's he's batting a 312 off those 29 at bats um two home runs and four rbis um so it'd be interesting to see how how he goes with a bigger sample size um he's looking looking okay um so yeah there's there's quite a few people you know that aren't big names in our team that that you can keep an eye on that that may have a, a breakout at some point yeah for sure i mean to me the teams you know take away the the leverage bullpen situation which i i don't think there is a better one two punch than than devon williams and josh ader I, I think it's absolutely elite and um the marlins definitely don't have that firepower back there and no one else does i don't believe in, in major league baseball but from a starting pitching perspective i think that fundamentally is what the brew crew are built on right now it's the the quality of the pitching plus the leverage pen if you can get to the pitching and this is true of anyone, but specifically, I guess, with the Brewers and the way they're built. If you can get to the pitch and try and get some of these middle relievers in, let's have a look at Boxberger in the, the fifth or sixth. Then you've got yourselves a chance to try and get some runs going. And that's effectively what happened in that Reds game uh, recently, where they kind of touched up the starter, seven runs from the first, like, two innings. Then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's middle reliever after middle reliever, and uh, the game kind of got away. So that's the blueprint, I think, for the Fish, is can they jump on early? Interestingly as well, from the recent games for the Marlins, they've actually been doing pretty well in the first and second inning. They've been kind of getting out pretty hot, and then they seem to go cold, 
until the 8th or 9th. So they have this little lull. They start hot, then lull, and then can kind of pile it on. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how that plays out and if um, if we see any of that. Um, we need to get into the other starters as well. I want to talk about the, the next two games that will follow after today's. Uh, before we get there as well, I just want to, one final question to you. As the Brewers... Listen, I think the Brewers run away. You you know I've already put it out there. I think the Brewers win over 100 games this year. I can see them absolutely running away with this division. I think the Cardinals will kind of keep, you know, hang tough, but I think it's there for the Brewers to, to blitz it. Where, if anywhere, do you see them upgrading during the year? Maybe it is that middle relief um, uh, space, but, you know, as, as you kind of get deeper into the year, start to think about some, some acquisitions, some trades, whatever it might be, where do you think they look to strengthen? Um, definitely middle relief. Um, and the other thing that they have to kind of start looking at now is is Lorenzo Kane as a centre fielder. He's he's in the last year of his contract. Uh, also not getting any younger as he's thirty six now. So um, so we're going to have to look at replacing him at some point as well. Um, I mean, I know we had uh, Avisel Garcia last year who played in our right field, and uh, you've uh, priced oh away from us in free free agency. Um, he was looking fairly good, and um, you know, um, so we've got a a few options in centre field. We've got some quite good prospects in that position. Um, we've got uh, Garrett Mitchell, who was our top draft in 2020, who's currently playing at the double A standard. Okay. Um, he's been doing okay. Um, he, he was phenomenal as single A. He struggled a little bit last year in double A. He seems to be doing all right this year. I haven't looked recently, but yeah, we've, we've kind of got to look at strengthening that centre field. I think yeah. um, we've got Hunter Renfro, um, Loren, uh, Christian Yelich. Um, and um, then we, we look at um, Tyrone Taylor, um, who is uh, our kind of fourth uh, outfielder at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of need a little bit of a bolster there um, and maybe a bit of a bat because Lorenzo Cain hasn't been batting well recently. He's, he's not giving big bats. He's, he's getting on base because he's still got speed for somebody of his age. But mm. he's um, yeah, he, he could do with um, a bit of an upgrade in, <laughs> in his stats, I'm afraid. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I still love the guy. He's, he's still you know one of our main men, but um, yeah, for that, sure. that's going to be what's going to happen. Yeah, makes sense. All right, well, we're going to get into the final two games of the series as well. Before we do, there, reminder, this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, and our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And let's quickly round up with today's game. Mark, if you're a betting man, um, with these two going head-to-head, Pablito against Burns, uh, you would be taking over under on the total number of runs being five. <laughs> Uh, under (laughs) (laughs) hitting the under on that one I'm with you on that so yeah it's going to be a real pitching duel it's going to be nice to see it's going to be fun Pablo's you know come out he's four and one with a a straight up one ERA so I mean there is no better in baseball right now from uh, an ERA perspective and and maybe even a wins and losses perspective let's flick over to Saturday though things get really interesting again the Brewers then have Lauer going you mentioned Burns has got a 186 ERA. Lauer's even better than that. Plus, he's at the, the wins too. 3-0 and on the year, 182 ERA. Stunning, stunning year. Tell us about Lauer and what's what's changed for him this year. Um, well, actually, it's not just that he's changed this year. It's, it's since the middle of last year. Since about June, July last year, he suddenly started to find his form. Okay. Um, he had a bit of a shaky start with the Brewers. Um, 
got sent down to AAA, had to work on some stuff, uh, came back in spring training last year and was still a little bit shaky, but um, they kind of, they worked with him and, and they got him in. Um, yeah, and, and I think since um, kind of, if you look at the stats, if you if you made the seasons go from last June, July to, to current, his numbers are on par with, with Corbin Burns. Um, wow. He's had, uh, he's had a, I think it was a, a 12 or 13 strikeout game this season already. Um, I had a look at his stats earlier on. He He's only played five games, but he's, he's pitched 29.2 innings. He's had 42 strikeouts. And if you work that out it's into the same amount of innings pitched as Corbin Burns, he would have five more strikeouts than Corbin Burns has currently. So that's how good he's been. You know, he, boy, oh boy. he really is. He really is out surprise package this year um you know if you think last year our our, our top three were uh, burns woodruff and peralta um i think lauer's taken peralta's um third spot um and then we're looking at uh you know kind of hauser and um peralta as our fourth and fifth at the moment so yeah that's how good he's he's turned it up really has i mean like you said he's on par with burns he's better than burns this year not just in record but equally era the other interesting part, there's going to be a lefty-lefty matchup tomorrow uh, on the Saturday game. You know, 10 past 11 UK time, so we may get, you know, at least a good few innings there live, perhaps. But lefty-lefty matchup poses a real dilemma for the Marlins. Uh, you probably won't have been tracking this that closely, uh, but to everyone listening, they will know exactly what I'm going to say. The Marlins have been making some heavy platoon decisions with Jazz Chisholm. Jazz Chisholm right now is in the MVP conversation I saw yesterday posted on uh, by MLB.com. Jazz Chisholm is the Marlins' best player, and they have been platooned him against lefties. And you know, Lauer's a lefty. We're gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see the way they go. Um, I personally believe Jazz should be in the lineup every day. He should be, and um, gives the Marlins the best chance of winning. You can't win games consistently um, if you if you don't have your best players playing against lefties, which is maybe what one every three to four games, let's say. So. Interesting to see the way the Marlins stack their lineup there. Jesus Sanchez equally has been sitting against lefties. Uh, probably would expect that to happen too. Um, but Trevor Rogers going. Trevor's had a bit of a slow start. 1-4-5 ERA. He has had a slow start, but it feels like it's starting to come around. So again, another intriguing matchup on this one on the Saturday. Then we get to the UK-friendly Sunday. 20-7 to UK time for us there. Eliezer Hernandez going for the fish. Again, you won't have been tracking this, but the Marlins fans have. Eliezer Hernandez is what I describe as on the hot seat uh, in this rotation. There's some guys in, in AAA that are ready to rock and roll. Uh, for, for some, the number one prospect perhaps in the Marlins system of Max Meyer sitting there ready to go. Max is ready. Eliezer Hernandez 2-2 two and two with a 6-37 ERA. Really intrigued to see the, the way this one goes. Equally, Woodruff going for the Brew Crew. 3-2 and two with almost a 6 ERA as well. So... Boy, oh boy, you know, listen, there may be no runs in the first couple of games, but Sunday could be fireworks for us, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much that's how our series has been going recently. We uh, we had a series against the Cubs uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't watch the two overnight games. But the one game that I did watch, we got shut out 2-0 by the Cubs. But we'd scored 20 runs in the two games beforehand. So <laughs> <laughs> this could well be the same type of series. But um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Woodruff, yeah, he's, he's had a few struggles this year, but he's not he's not been his numbers are probably worse than than what he's been performing um he's had a couple of really bad innings where he's been hit around um but generally you know he, out of his five six inning starts he's had one inning that's been bad and the other five have been completely perfect so right you know the numbers probably don't tell the whole story he's still mm. a prolific pitcher um yeah he's he's just 
been unfortunate that he's been the one that's been hit around a little bit um, and the defence possibly haven't backed him up quite as much as they should have done. So, yes, yeah, mm. so it's going to be an interesting, interesting game on Sunday. Listen, Woodruff's a top draw pitcher. Eliezer Hernandez is not at that level. And um, you know what you're saying, like maybe the numbers don't tell the full story for Eliezer Hernandez. They tell the story. Like there's just not enough. You can't get deep into games. It gives up too many home runs. Like it's 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 not being good. You know, it's just, he's a two. He's got two pitches, and um, you know he's got to be razor sharp to go beyond five innings. And that's that's the challenge. The reality is, you know, righty Eliezer, a lot of lefties, a lot of power from the left side for this for this Brewers lineup. Could be dangerous for him, is what I'm saying. So, you know, could be a really interesting game there. Could be a lot of pain on a UK-friendly Sunday. We'll wait and see. Listen, things can change. Who knows? But right now, he is slated to be the starter. And um, we'll wait and see if we get there. Um, final one before I let you get out of here, Mark. If the Brewers are to win this series, which, you know, perhaps they will, um, who do you think will be the key man for them this this series? Um, that's that's a good one, really. To be honest, um, I would probably say Willie Adamas is is our key man at the moment. He, okay. he runs everything through the middle. Um, you know, phenomenal defensive player, um, really good with the bat. So if he's on his game, then uh, you know you could be in trouble. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> we will. So we, we've been very inconsistent this year. We've had some real, real awful games, and we've had some really, really lights out games so it it really is our, which whichever team turns up for sure listen when you say you've been really inconsistent and the run differential is plus 29 and it is a 20 and 12 record two games up on the uh on the cardinals that to me sounds like a pretty decent start of the year i think you would have taken that for sure i know the division is relatively weak obviously the cubs rebuilding the reds in the, the biggest rebuild ever perhaps and uh, the Pirates as well. So, you know, I guess, pinch of salt, maybe I haven't seen who you've played and what your records, you know, you know, who you've been playing, if it's in division or not. But nevertheless, you got to beat who's in front of you. And I think the Brew Crew will absolutely walk this division easily. As long as that starting pitching stays healthy, that is the key bit, right? It's the key bit for most of these big teams that keep the pitching healthy and that, you know, the wins will come, no doubt. Um, Mark, that has been a lot of fun talking. Let everyone know where they can find you. Equally, do plug the pod too. If they want some more Brewers action... Pump it out there. Where can they follow you on Twitter? Where's the pod? Anything else you're working on right now? Okay, so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at UK Brew Crew. Um, I'm part of the MLB UK community, guys. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much the the guy that deal, deals with all of the Brewers content. Not that you know, not that I I have anything to uh, to go by you there, Pete. But you know, um, I I do what I can. Um, and yeah, I also have a a podcast with uh, a guy called Sean who. Um, uh, we do uh, a podcast called Roll Out the Barrel, um, which uh, you know is basically just two guys from from the UK talking about brewers to uh, pretty much Wisconsin, and they seem to love it. So <laughs> we carry on doing it the whole time. They they keep listening. So there you go, top podcast name as well. I must say, Roll Out the Barrel, love that one. So there you go. All right, well that is us done. Myself, Peter Pratt, and also Mark Johnson from the UK Brew Crew. We are out of here for Friday edition of Locked On Marlins. Let's sit back, relax, enjoy game one. Pablito versus Corbin Burns. What a absolute stunning matchup. Let's hope for a fish win and a great series. Until next week, guys, stay safe, enjoy the games, go fish. <laughs>